gentlemen, welcome to the BWOMS podcast. My name is Richie Marufo, and I will be your host. We're going to you from Power at the Pass here in El Paso, Texas. BWOMS stands for the Barbed Wire Open Mic Series. We're cel- celebrating 11 years of giving a stage to all sorts of performers in the city. This show, we have artists, poets, writers, musicians, and today we have a special co-host, my brother in rhythm and music. We have Christopher Serrano in the house. How you doing, man? Hey, good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you in. Uh, it just happened that you walked into the room <laughs> as we were starting the episode, so it's perfect, though, uh, if you guys are listening and want to check it out. Chris has been on, on the podcast before. Check out episode 25 if you want to hear more of his stuff and some of our jamming. But of course, today's guest, we have... Manny Lozano in the house. How you doing, man? Pretty good. You? Thank you for having me. <laughs> Welcome. I know uh, it took a little bit to make this happen. You know, I think we had been trying to, you know, put it together. But here we are, yeah. finally. And you're all set up. You have your guitar. You're, you're hugging it. Yeah. You know, it's like a girlfriend. baby. <laughs> you're cuddling the little spoon. Yeah. And uh, so Manny is a guitarist. One of the, I think one of the most notable guitarists in town. He's an yes. educator. He teaches guitar. Uh, he's playing in several bands and has uh, a bunch of music projects. But how about you go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience? Okay. I'm Manny Lozano. Um, I've been playing for approximately, what, 17 years? Wow. Um, I got involved with a lot of the blue stuff and gradually ended up liking a lot of the heavier stuff. Um, I've been... I started touring when I was about 23. Wow, I yeah. did that for approximately four to five years um, with my previous band, Triumph Over Shipwreck. Um, now I've been teaching for about, what, two and a half to three years. Um, I have three projects which I'm currently involved in, and I'm just trying to release as much stuff as possible, trying to get better, trying to help other students get better. I'm trying to share my music. And that's the episode, guys. Thanks for listening. No, no that was, uh, I've been very succinctly put, and uh, I'd like to dive into each of those aspects that you, you mentioned, you know, including the, the projects. Um, I'm, I'm especially interested in the educational aspect as well, you know, as, and you know, Chris, of course, teaches percussion, you know, I teach English. So um, right now, uh, right, I think you're getting ready to release a new album or new project, uh, music project online, right? Yes. Uh, Tell us about that one. For the project under Hunhamidnal, which is a black metal project, and it's our take on it. Hmm. Everything's basically in Spanish. Um, a lot of a lot of weird chords, a lot of weird <laughs> take on harmony. Um, our current drummer doesn't live here in town. But he's involved in a lot of projects. One mm-hmm. of his more notable ones is Six Feet Under. He lives in Washington. And pretty much the only thing that we're missing on the recording right now is the vocal work and some flute work. That's right. It just We try to do a totally different thing on this one, I guess a little more melodic. Um, not as fast as our, fir- as our prior <laughs> EP. Yeah. But just trying to keep it interesting and trying to continue growing with it. Yeah, in, pre- in preparation for this, I, I actually went and listened to that prior EP. Yeah. And uh, it was it just kind of blasted me out of my chair. It was like a wall of sound. Have you heard it, Chris? Yeah, man. It's uh, It just like drums, like double bass and just... Uh, just fast it, as hell. It was hell. fast, yeah. So <laughs> what, drove, what drove that sound? I had been talking about doing that sort of project 
ever since I was in Triumph, but I guess I, I always felt really insecure about doing it. I was really concerned with how everybody was going to feel about it mm. and so forth. And I guess, you know, learning from other musicians, you know, just, just go with the intention of I'm going to, you know, totally have this crazy project that's going to blow everybody's mind. I, just, I was just having fun with it. That's that's at the core of good stuff. Yeah. Go. Do you feel like it was a big transition from your first EP and like even your triumph over shipwreck to to where you're at now? With that project, um, with the, the black metal one, the EP, I guess like I was trying. I got. I really like black metal, but I I guess I wanted to hear black metal that I wanted to listen to. Okay. And I tried to put in you know as much as I wanted to listen to, and then oh. now, like. Looking back at a picture, like whoa, like all the all the improvements, like all the things that I felt that I missed, I'm gonna keep adding to it and so forth. And it's like the sound is completely changing because I'm actually I'm already halfway with a third one. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like I just want to keep writing, you know. Like yeah. otherwise you lose the momentum. It's a skill that you have to continuously keep working at. Because if you if you if you constantly wait for motivation, like oh I, I don't feel like writing today, so forth, you're just gonna lose it. You have to keep mm -hmm. writing whether you like it or not and just mm -hmm. release everything who cares if people don't like it or not it's just persist just release it man for sure keep going by the way uh if you guys are it's a hobby but when you hear manny speak he's someone who really makes it his life his passion and you can tell um just by hearing him speak so you know i encourage you guys to to take that as advice you know it'll be Thank part you. of and one of the things we'll go get into is like you can write a book about this and but yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll hold on we'll hold that that's the can back burner yeah. so going back to uh okay. okay i totally butchered that tell us i mean i'm curious about the name you you meant you were talking about that earlier but fill us in on on the significance of the name oh, okay well my vocalist uh alvaro could probably educate you guys a little bit better about it but I went with the be themed after some sort of demon. Okay. And if I'm correct, um, the name comes from one of the one of the Mayan demons, and one of the layers of or the last layer of hell for them. So I just <laughs> bonded both of them. It fits so well with some black metal. Yeah. Now, uh, for the uninitiated, metal is such an in interesting genre. Um, how would you classify or differentiate black metal from other kinds? I think it's there's so much rawness to it. I like the the raw that I could have this crazy emotional response to. I came across more of the black metal and I felt like I could relate more to it mm. because it was so it was so different the rawness of it. Mm -hmm. Like you can't really replicate that with other genres. It's like the genre is built on rawness, <laughs> on just emotion, like very distorted guitars, like all the chords like you can use any note you can just create such a dark atmosphere and I wanted to be able to replicate that with what I know how to do. And it's like, in a sense, I got so involved in it with, with it because I get too theoretically involved with like, you know, staying within rules. Oh, I'm, I'm curious also then, in light of that freedom, what's the marriage of like, in terms of technique, what kind of ways has that allowed you to, to find new techniques? Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say technique stuff but it's allowed me to to keep a certain theme in music like it's like this is the motif of what I wanted to do and sort of expand on it which wasn't things that I thought about earlier on I guess it helped me 
it helped me become more involved with the listener and mm-hmm. see it in, and as the um, think about other instruments more. Okay. It's not being so selfish about just writing just the guitar parts. You know, taking everybody into accountability, being every being a whole unit, mm-hmm. and I love it. I feel like hearing your playing over the years, like you you honed in on your technique um, pretty early on. Like I remember you just walking around playing Eruption and like just <laughs> shredding it and killing it. Um, so like, did black metal help you to kind of let go of that? In the same sense that jazz, like you have so many rules, but you learn them to break. A lot of the tech, uh, a lot of your technique sort of blossoms. So you just pick and choose what you like, and you put it in the genre. So the more that I that I listen to other music, I try to just turn it into block metal, which is really weird. It's like I do listen to a lot of it, but I try to stay away a lot from it, just so that I could do my take on it. And I think that's what allows for a different sound. Or at least I think. Yeah. This new album sounds great. Do you already have a, a title for it? No, we do not. But it should be out by the end of the year. All right. And where can uh, people find your music online? Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, Bandcamp. I wanted to start a project where I w- wanted to combine everything that I liked about music. Hmm. Like... I had this conversation prior with a friend. Basically, I never felt like I was good enough to be a death metal player, a black metal player, a blues player, a jazz player, Mm. but I knew a little bit of each genre. So I wanted to take everything that I understood or, or I'm learning and turn it into a genre, your progressive genre. Yeah. And that's how I artifact sort of blossomed. And what I like about like it's just free game to do whatever I want, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm so involved in it. <laughs> and just the, I guess not having vocals in it. Well, we do use vocals to emulate some of the melodies and such, but just not having vocals allows for a greater freedom from each instrument, and you can bring more instruments into the picture, like your sax, more guitar solos, mm-hmm. uh, keyboards. The drums can go pretty much ham. <laughs> um, bass, just you know, grooving in the background. Everything I get to implement everything that I like about every genre. Mm. That's that's a, an awesome project to be able to do. people kind of being influenced by from all sorts of sources, and then that combining in, in their sound. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one thing I'm curious about, um, you know, recording all these things. Where do you usually end up getting that done? Well, basically. I, I can kind of run through it a little bit. Um, we've had a few friends who helped us out during the process. I believe they no longer have a studio. They used they went under Letdown Studios. Okay. Um, we did one song with them, and then they pretty much, I believe, I guess they closed the studio. Something occurred. I don't really remember. Okay. And then our previous drummer had helped. It's been us. Definitely a tedious thing learning, mm-hmm. but I'm enjoying it little by little. Yeah, I think it's important to have a sense of joy in learning, you know, otherwise. Because otherwise you have all this yeah. music and you're not sharing it. Yeah, it kind of goes back to what you're saying, you know, yeah. make sure you're doing something, yeah. writing it, putting it out there. Um, now, you also, with iArtifact, you uh, went on a tour. Yes, we did a three-week run in Texas, California, Washington, Colorado, Arizona, and I believe that was it. 
Uh, all in three weeks? Okay. Yeah, man. It was wow. it was really intense. It had some marathon. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy to see that the music community, and specifically in metal, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be hardcore, whether it be death metal, black metal, you know, progressive metal, it's like everybody has each other's back out on the road. Because, like, we're such a small community of people that enjoy metal mm-hmm. that if we don't support the metal, whether whatever it be, it's going to die. Wow. And you don't see that, unfortunately, at least here in town. I wish that it was more like that, like the way that it is outside. Mm-hmm. Or it's just, it's intense how the amount of support. And all, you, I didn't even know a lot of these people and their ways to shower. If I have food, they can stay, any of that yeah. stuff. Because I know it's very, very tough, and mm-hmm. you're honestly just trying to share your music. You're not trying to hurt anybody. You just mm-hmm. wanna, you just wanna play, man. <laughs> Sounds like you've taken on a huge responsibility locally, w- as far as that genre goes. Yeah, I, I love it. I, it's, <laughs> I, yeah, it's just crazy just being able to do it, and being able to compare to being a kid and just you know the bands being so cool. Like whoa, like you know the guy that I look up to, he uh. <laughs> He gave me his pick, or like we had a conversation, and he was so cool. Yeah. And being able to do that again, by no. getting kicked out. <laughs> yeah, if you're, not, yeah. <laughs> if you're not familiar, um, listening, busking, of course, is street performance. Well, well, I was very open to the idea about it, and our fellow homie Rex, awesome sax player. That's right. Yeah. He went on this journey with us, <laughs> and I. We were a little bit struggling at the beginning with some of the uh, some of the dates. Um, unfortunately, one date dropped, so we really needed the money. So I suggested the idea, and we just we went to the Alamo. We oh, started playing. Okay, awesome. We you gotta go over here. So we found this really beautiful spot. It was kind of like a kind of like this sort of fountain uh, bar thing. And we just started playing there. We played there for like, what, maybe like two hours. And it was really weird. We were trying to do jazz standards and such, but people weren't really connecting with it. So then that's where the idea arose. Well, why don't we just start to play some of the radio, more mainstream friendly stuff? Okay. And that's when we connected with everybody. It's like, whoa, these guys are doing this pasito. Like, these guys are doing this, (laughs) this and that. No way, really? Yeah. And that gave me a totally different take on, on just... You're able to gig anytime you want. You can play for a living if you want to. It's just you just need to stop being so shy about it and just put yourself out there. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, busking is a whole a whole different like uh, ball game too. Yeah. And I think you hit up on some very important things. Chris and I like to busk all the time, so uh, we hear you on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's cool getting like an instant response from an audience. You know, yeah. like if people are just walking by and they hear live music, you know. You can't help it when you hear music, you know, like you're going to hear it. You can't shut it out, but it's your choice whether to support and enjoy it in that moment. So you get to see people's reactions like stealing a lot and particularly food. Okay. That's I mean, that's all I would steal. Just you were so broke. Yeah. And it's like any sort of money that came was directly for gas getting to the next city. You know, it was just really, really tough. And I really I guess my whole ethical sense fought me and I was like, well, am I going to starve or am I going to keep touring? Wow. So I started stealing and unfortunately during one of those, I got a little too confident and I went to jail. Oh man. Okay. 
So at that point, you... I was just like, I just couldn't do it anymore. Like, I figured, I mean, shit, man, like, I I can be busking. You know, I could be actually earning this while playing. Like, eat unless I, I find a way to. Yeah. And, and so he'd take out his sax and start playing or, or his guitar. I think he took his saxes over there, but, you know, it's a very real kind of, like, struggle of survival, especially, yeah. like, on tour where you have you don't have, like, maybe your resources of home or friends. You're just kind of out there. And I think that's what provides, I mean, this whole thing also provided such a, an intense amount of growth, like, you know, not having to try to call anybody to help you. Like, mm-hmm. you're there hopeless, and it's just like, how am I going to figure it out? Like, can I do this? How am I going to do this? And it's yeah. like, I play music. I can do this. So yeah. for, I'm not going to uh, back down. I'm currently doing that at, at uh, UTEP. Yes, on Saturdays, and I have this mm-hmm. summer program, mm-hmm. June and July. It's a week. Okay. Um, I teach at a music school, Desert Moon Academy. Okay. I also, I, I've formerly taught at the rec centers of El Paso. Uh, I have a few students also at the YWCA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to be starting at St. Mark's Middle School in about a week and a half in nice. the, for the morning. Oh, yeah. So it's been really, it's been really cool. It's like as soon as, as soon as I was able to land one teaching job, it's everything sort of, the only ones that I'm taking in are through Desert Moon Academy or the YWCA okay. just because I'm so caught up with time right now with all my projects and yeah. the new project which I'm involved in Steel Queen is also taking uh, taking a lot of my time they've been really kicking my ass with stuff yeah and it's been really really cool uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm unless it's like maybe via, via messenger or something maybe we can reach a an optimal time but sure so mm. check out yeah if you guys are listening and are interested in learning guitar you know and, and want to seek out maybe manny health so what are, what are some of the first things that you you learned you know taking on students when i get involved with what they like to listen to mm-hmm. that's definitely it um you get to learn a lot about them and generally at least most of my boys they they love like your acdc <laughs> Yeah. Metallica and I try to teach them as much as and that's as like that the, what they want to learn how to play because yeah. yeah. I used to be a little bit a little bit different about it a little bit more strict about oh you know you guys have to learn how to read music such such and such mm-hmm. and I think that's what makes guitar so much more different that you don't need to start off in that manner mm-hmm. and that's the cool thing about the rock between teaching privately with like maybe your own curriculum instead mm-hmm. of teaching at a facility you mean like me going to their house versus like at a school and such? Yeah, like you had the rec center and these different oh, places see. where you teach. Is that different from you teaching privately? Yeah, as far as privately, I try to get a little bit more involved with the student. Like I'll, I'll teach them, you know, some of the blues stuff. Um, we'll do some, some more extensive ear training. Um, I'll try to show them music too. If it's group lessons and such, they just catch on so quick, and you can tell that they'll they'll learn anything that has to do with music. Like they're just it's in them. It's really intense. Yeah, that's great, man. I mean, so uh, Chris, you know, you teach as well. Um, you know, I'm curious about how you teach. Like what you're saying is different. Like teaching fundamentals and technique and all that. Like uh, I know one thing you were talking talking about oh, earlier. That's right, yeah. yeah. Well, that that happens too with a lot of my private students. Like I'll, I'll have them, 
learn some of some of the secrets that I've learned throughout the years mm-hmm. on technique and I'll help them sort of build this curriculum on things to target my routine or ritual that I would go through, um, you know, as as far as improving and such. Yeah. So pretty much, yeah, techniques that you've written down. Everything like, as far as technique, like... Or exercises yeah, or practices. This might sound kind of ridiculous, but like I, I seriously, like I won't even start playing anything, any other pieces of music or anything unless I get my two hours of workout of guitar. Yeah. And that's just playing really, really slow. Like I'll run through every single technique, so forth. Mm-hmm. And then later on, then, then that's when I, when I can work on, okay, composition. Then I can work on this, this, and that. Because technique's what's going to allow for yeah. you to play on. And, and we've had this conversation before. Sometimes you just need that teacher just to guide you along the way. Like some kids are so involved that they already know where they want to go, but they just need that guidance through each step. Yeah, it's just it's about just timing everything, man. Like, if you want to work, say on, like with some of the kids, if they want to work on a piece of music and such, let's say they only have one one hour, so it's like your technique, you know, technique and warm ups. That would be your first thing to target, no. and then it's like sight reading, uh, your chords, scales, and whatever you want to learn for fun. Well, dude, well, how do you? How do you know these scales? Like, how do you use this? How do you know so much stuff? This, this, and that. And biggest piece of advice I got from one of the musicians, you know, you're, you shouldn't always be trying to work at the same thing. Like, let's say you're working at on four different techniques for the day, and you know a lick per, per technique that you're trying to cater to. It's like, we'll work on that today. And then the next day, find a new lick that also applies that so that you're always having to tweak it right and you're never supposed to necessarily get good at that same like it's like you're supposed to keep growing at it so that you have more tools to grab more i think uh john coltrane talks about that you know you always want to be striving yeah, that's where yeah. it's at don't feel it's good to i mean be satisfied but don't stay there you know yeah. always be striving towards that and manny's definitely mm-hmm. a huge motivator in that like through social media through posts through all the projects like some days I just don't want to do anything, and then I just see this dude playing scales from India and like all these amazing <laughs> yeah. genres, and it's like you I just gotta keep going. Because all the Instagrammers, man, like I see people, and I want to do it too. I'm just like, whoa, they're really good. Like that's so motivating to see you guys be yeah. so awesome at what you're doing. And I used to get really discouraged, like, oh, maybe I'm not presence as well, and and not just posts of you playing, but I just even think you're. Your inquisitive nature towards music and and one's own approach towards it, um, you know, and just kind of thinking about different aspects, including the scene and what your routines are and, and rituals. I, I think it's really refreshing, and I think that's the kind of important aspect of social media bringing pe- yeah. people together. You know, your your. I don't know. Can you think of any any posts in particular lately that that have stood out to you, Chris? I think it's really humanizing when he just asks like these everyday questions but like i know that there's maybe i might be thinking about that but yeah or sometimes like i'll have yeah just silly questions like oh what do you think about this 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 and that and people get involved in it Mm. and such it's pretty cool That, that is pretty cool man by the way uh on facebook ellen herring says hey he says hi Tell him he's cool. <laughs> That's happening right now. We're, we're trying to be a little more um, social, con- like social media conscious as well with these episodes. So 
we made posts asking people if they had any questions as well. So I'm kind of checking in. Oh, sweet. Checking out by checking in stuff here and there. Oh, no, that's good. But, yeah, I just got that message. Alan says, tell me you practice and taking on students. You would say that I think um, – and you're just a guy who has a lot of projects, man. You can tell by, by what you've been working on. Um, tell me about your future goals because I know one thing that you mentioned and I think is very fascinating is, is being able to work on a book. Yeah. Um, I've been talking about it about for a year. I wanted to write a book on the collection of numerous exercises that I've used throughout the years. And, I mean, yeah. some of them I may have come up with or <laughs> sort of tweaked. Yeah. A lot of them, you know, were taught, you know, whether it be by your REH videos, um, some of my guitar instructors, Abbasis Brasil. Mm-hmm. He's this master jazz player. He uses his pick and his fingers at the same time. So basically his whole book. What? Yeah, <laughs> oh, chicken man. picking or hybrid picking. Wow. Interesting. So he basically has this book of just all these crazy chromatic exercises and such. And the book's probably like, what, like 200 pages long. Mm-hmm. So what do you, the, the way that you're supposed to read or learn from the book, you literally just open one page of the book, just open it, whatever you land on, you work on that for the day. Hey, I like that. Yeah. So I want to do that with, you know, say, I want to have sections like, okay, this is just going to be solely for for uh, picking. This is going to be for this. Knowledge, but through teachers, through, I mean, people you work with, but also like grades as well. Yeah. You know, we were joking earlier, but I mean, that that quote exists for a reason, you know, good, good artists copy, great artists still. Just kind of taking what's there and modifying it to what works. You know, Bruce Lee talks about that with his, you know, talking about form, right? He's like, adapt what's useful, discard, what, discard what's useless to you, and, mm-hmm. and kind of go from there. It's just a, a way to kind of move fluidly through a new way of, 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 of learning. Exactly. You know? So that'd be, that'd be cool, man. Have you thought about something like that, Chris? Yeah, it's actually awesome that you, that you mentioned that. Like, how, how do you get over... Like, be- I mean, and this goes back to, to sugar. Like, I think Sugar really, really, really pushed me to learning to read music. And I may have been, like, this stubborn little kid, and I did whatever it took to, like, prove them that I was (laughs) not going to learn how to read music. And I tried for numerous years to get as good as I can just to show him that I I could be badass. Mm. And he, I went to visit him a few times, and he never cared how much I was improving technically. So there was this one time he he crushed me so hard. I went over to see him and I showed him some of my music. Like you're just a lazy student. Like why do you come here hmm. wanting me to show you stuff when you you don't even want want me to show you how to improve? You're you're lazy and you don't want to be. A, you're gonna you're forever gonna be a beginner. Hmm. And that crushed me yeah. so bad because wow. I had been working on technique like crazy just to prove him wrong. Like I was playing like. 8 to 12 hours a day like I wanted to be in with Malmsteen I wanted to be all those badasses <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's like I was getting there technically but I wasn't understanding what I was doing what you were playing yeah but yeah he really he was really really crushed me and I think it's so important to have those people constantly crush you yeah um, George Gonzalez he constantly like crushes me Sean Mahoney you, t- you touched on some already but I'm, I'm curious you know as a musician who are some of your teachers not just like literally like you were mentioning but also maybe even like metaphorically or, or people that you look up to or, or it doesn't even have to be in the world of music you know but I'm oh, curious who well, are your teachers basically I went on this like crazy obsession with animals well still am crazy obsession with animals as leaders like I was very very against learning any 
formal theory and mm-hmm. just like, oh, music is about emotions, this, this <laughs> and that, yeah. which is totally cool, which it is. Mm-hmm. But I felt that I had hit a, hit a plateau. And then I found Animals as Leaders, and I was like, that's what I want to sound like. I want to be that thing about, you know, how he got to where he got, you know, studying the same books that he did, listening to the same music as he did, and so forth. And then came another point where, like, I have to study harmony. I have to do all these things. Otherwise, like, I'm not going to be able to. So I think he, he played such a, a big impact in, or plays a big impact in my life. Hmm. And I'm just like, how can somebody be so awesome at music? I'm not familiar with them, so I'll have to check, check them out. Really, really, really cool. Because at first I thought you were talking about, like, an, like real animals in nature. I'm like, what? I want to hear about that. <laughs> like, teachers. What can we learn from the fish? You know, or what can we learn from the, the hawk in flight? <laughs> um, the man, he, it was almost like, you, like this crazy force. Like, you know, you go in there and it's like, damn, like the room's suddenly cold. Or like, you can't breathe. Like, it's, he was so <laughs> fucking good at guitar. And the way that his humble carried... The, the manner that he talked and everything and the way he was so open with showing me stuff I felt like like damn dude this guy he's he's a virtuoso he's the mm. most amazing guitar player and he he may know it but he doesn't carry himself like that he's just the most humble modest stuff and this man has learned from some of the greatest people like Aldi Miola from Leo Brower growing he, that you can hear it in your music like it's an evolutionary process cool. thank I've, you man I've heard you're playing over that's I think true. it's been over 10 years. We went to high school together. Stefan Shuga, he mentioned him, mm-hmm. was our guitar instructor, and I started playing percussion for the class, and Manny was just like this, kind of like this untouchable. Like <laughs> We had awesome flamenco metal, metal players and stuff, and then this dude would just like walk up, play something, and then take <laughs> off because it was just like this beam yeah. of light of... Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you hold a, an air of where I feel you can you can tackle anything. Yeah, you know, uh, on guitar musically. Now uh, to kind of drive it back a little bit, uh, we, we have another question. On because that. you, it's kind of like going to the gym and such. It's just yeah. like that's where you that's where your true character shows. Mm-hmm. When the days you don't want to do it. Yeah. But you, you have to, you have to honestly just find it within yourself. Uh, listen to motivational videos. Mm-hmm. listen to more music so that you can strive you know to continue doing yeah. it it's like people and then and there was actually this gentleman that I met uh, about three four years ago and after he was actually a trainer he uh, he played a, a crazy crazy role in my life mm-hmm. we were talking about motivation and you know where you find where do you find it so forth yeah. and he talked what if that day just never comes and mm. you're just never going to do anything? Like finding that, like yeah. a sign or something. It's if not, it never comes to you, then... It's not. You yeah. just you just shut the fuck up and do it. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, like it's not going to get done. You can't wait for people to motivate you. You can't wait for everybody to, hey, man, let's do it. And it's just like, you do it. And if you have to do all the work, cool, because it's it's your vision. Yeah. It's a good analogy, too, to working out because I think a lot of us have been there where... We're trying to make that change, and, and then there's just <laughs> days where you're like, oh, I don't want to do it. I'm not feeling it. And yeah, I skipped it. You kind of have to force yourself to do it, especially keeping your goals in mind. Enough music. Yeah. So going to the gym allows for me to listen to more music. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just the only time where I'm not playing guitar. And it's like I'm seriously just so focused on listening mm-hmm. and connecting with my breathing and such yeah. that now like it's developed into this sort of ritual Mm. within me it's like it's not even about the physical stuff anymore it's just about like i want to listen to music 
I love that you brought in the, the role of breathing. That comes up a lot, you know, whether it be yeah. writers or poets, athletes. Yeah. Breath kind of unites everything together. Yeah, Frank Zane, a bodybuilder, used to talk about that a lot, how um, lifting weights oh, was... We, we were holding our, our, our breaths. Uh, Robert Leal here in El Paso does really great uh, breathing workshops, too. Because we don't pay attention to our breathing, you know. But uh, really quick, because you were bringing it up in, in terms of like the workout, but you know, discovering new music. Like how, how do you discover new music? Like what do you look for? Like how, what avenues do you go about looking Ooh, for stuff? This is a tough one. Yeah, okay. I'm always curious how people do that. Okay, let's see where to start. Okay, with say for example, with like Hun Hao, mm-hmm. and it might seem like I don't listen to that much music, but I do. I would go through probably about anywhere to six to eight albums, just block them. Oh, it's so hard to do this and I hate talking about it. It's like, <laughs> you have to time how much you listen to certain things. Interesting, oh, okay. Oh, that sucks That's so bad wow. because I, I really want to listen to, sometimes I just want to listen to death metal, mm-hmm. but I know that if I just have that take, then I'm missing out on jazz, then mm-hmm. I'm missing mm-hmm. out on bossa nova, then I'm missing out on music that has vocals. Yeah. Cause like, I, I don't want to be selfish and not listen to all this other stuff. Like I can't. I can't do that. And I try really, really hard to never listen to the same thing ever again. Yeah. And that's so hard. <laughs> that's because, so hard. Yeah. That's really Because hard. I almost like everything. True. The only thing that I have been listening to religiously is some of the more... Um, I'm curious. So tell me about the challenges changing from what you've been doing to going to something like that. Oh. You know, doing being in a cover band. and. Dude, like... Because it's w- not as easy as you would think. No, I know. And it's like, I feel, I feel like I was humbled by it. Yeah. Like, I went in there thinking, like... Oh, it's like all these songs are in the radio. Like I could do it like this, this, and that. Mm-hmm. And then it's like I didn't get it as fast as I thought I was gonna get it. And then it's like, why am I not getting it? It presented all this doubt and such. <laughs> and it's like, dude, like, cause I never work on that. I never try to learn other people's music. Mm-hmm. I never, I never listen to it enough. Like I'm always working on writing for myself. So it's like now, yeah, like, a it, bit. It, it's a totally different approach than original music because it feels like you can kind of leave your mark, even if it's already written. Yeah. And with covers, you're going to have someone in the audience that's just like, yo, man, you're BSing us right now. Like, we know how the song goes. <laughs> we, we hear this at the bar every night. And, and you have to respect that and like yeah. hold true, like put in your little bits, but you're you're trying to represent something that's that's already there oh, i know dude like <laughs> that's that's what i think's been the toughest thing because it's like i'm like oh well, i'm trying to change the song a little bit this and that yeah. and but it's been definitely really cool especially with some like wow so now this offers somewhere to grow too for sure and it's like oh now i'm working with a vocalist like now i have to like, kind of like settle down with my guitar playing like they just everything is bringing in growth and it's yeah awesome and mm-hmm. i think it's kind of ironic because you think because it's on the radio it should be just yeah. straightforward and mm-hmm. it's it's not yeah man that's what's so mind-blowing i i just thought that i would like somebody just wrote this these this piece solely for for people to get and such but it's like it has its own intricacy that maybe i wasn't seeing at the time and now i'm just sure. com- complete awe to me it's been the simplicity like you said you know sometimes it's I just never really listened to it so now it's just like now i can implement that say with my artifact mm-hmm. or i can maybe i don't know just you know try to write my own other project with that just keep learning from it yeah and also um you know genres is kind of like learning different languages or different mm-hmm. dialects of language you know and it's you're not used to it but again that's where practice comes in 
And uh, we have a, another question from, from Pluros Lopez asking about, you know, any advice on practice, no matter what instrument. So maybe we can translate to like, when you practice, do you have to set up like a ritual? Do things have to be a certain way? Do you have to be oh, isolated? Yeah. Or can you practice anywhere? I wonder how they came about it. And then there's a track in there called Lippincott. So I, like, I, you know, I was looking, it's like, so why did they get these names? Like I wanted to, you know, have a profound understanding. Mm-hmm. So I found out that Lippincott was a teacher, or is a teacher. Uh-huh. He's a jazz teacher, he is phenomenal. We've spoken a few times actually. So this man uh, has a book, or a book, and I'm sorry, a PDF series and a video series. He has a book called The Joy of Practicing, which mm, is how they got the cool. idea for The Joy of Motion. Okay. So The Joy of Practicing gets you to be, um, how would you call it, a, a, har- a um listening to music, uh, what else, just solely working on rhythm, uh, learning somebody else's piece, what else, ear training, note training, note memorization, uh, writing music on a staff, like all these things that will help you become a better, better musician, because mm-hmm. you want to be very well-rounded. Yeah and or just improvisation and just like how to go about it like what to tackle each day and and so and such and another really important thing i think uh look up guitar players that you like um, okay and listen what they to what they have like emulate kind of people Uh, you look to which i should probably do a little bit more and also the lesson by victor wooten is and groove workshop by victor wooten it's the only book that I can honestly say that made me put down the guitar because I got so into it. And hmm. embarrassingly, at the end of the book, I cried. It was so intense. Wow. It basically talks about how music is this relationship and it talks about all the, thi- all the things that have nothing to do with music theory, like phrasing, uh, silence, what do you call it, uh, listening to music and how they each relate to a relationship. So, I mean, you obviously, you want to, it's, it's a very wonderful book. Mm. Dude, thank you for those recommendations. I was writing them right now. I'll also leave them on the show notes. Um, oh, man, I love that you're, you're incorporating, like, just kind of knowledge from other sources as well. You know, being able to listen to everything, listen, you know, to your teachers, finding teachers in, in unusual places or unorthodox places. Um, who are, you know, uh, to kind of start maybe wrapping up, uh, you know, I always run into you sometimes at shows. Who are some of the bands in town that you look up to that you that you appreciate what they're doing musically or sonically? Uh, besides um, Sean Mahoney here locally, I'd really, I really like what they do a lot, a lot. Yeah. Uh, who else do I like? No Suffer. Uh, it's pretty much the Triumph Over Shipwreck guys. They are so freaking intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else within the the heavy stuff? Let's see. Who else do I like? I think I heard uh, who was it? La Chapusa. La Chapusa. Yeah. Yeah. I heard them the other day, and I was pretty mind blown. I'd always heard the name around, but I never yeah. got a chance to listen to them. And they're just they blew my mind. That's a really fun show too. They, yeah, they man. They were really so good. Uh, who else does really cool stuff? Oh, there's this really Before. big masks. Oh. And yeah. their name is bacon or tocino in spanish <laughs> and their little font it's pretty much like a pig and it spells out the sunni like i think it's so wonderful like it's so wow sick 
So, you know, if you guys are listening, go check out these bands. And more importantly, go out to the shows. Like, one of the things we want to accomplish with this show is just promote the scene more, whether it be through writing or music. Go out to the shows and support people, support the bands, because we're there. We have a culture, you know. That's the point of having guests on the show, like Manny. Um, you know, I know we want to start wrapping it up. You know, you've, you've given advice this whole episode, but it's going to share. Cool, let's see. To be down, so we can set up for that. But while... Uh, while he's getting ready, you know, I encourage you guys, if you're listening on iTunes, wherever you, you know, check us to find us on iTunes, give us a rating, leave any feedback. Who would you want to see on the show? Uh, again, you can find Manny online, Manny Lozano. Uh, if you want to book lessons, again, check out, uh, what was it, the Desert, Desert, Moon Desert Moon Academy. Check Laura out Steel YWCA. Queen. Check out Steel Queen. Check out iArtifact. Or just Hakuna Matata, man. I saw that post that you did too. <laughs> I always learn something from Manny, so definitely check out his teaching and his works. Hopefully, you guys learned something. For the Beyond's Podcast, I'm Rich. Peace. <laughs>